Dear Auntie Liz, what a year it's been. So much has happened since I visited in the summer. I'm so grateful for the time you gave me, away from gossip and slander of small town life. It was such a pleasure to share with you the last few months of your pregnancy and the arrival of dear Johnny. You taught me so much, and for that I will be eternally grateful. The clothes you sent back with me were perfect, and you'll be pleased to hear that I did eventually finish knitting that blanket. When I arrived home in Nazareth, Joe had almost completed the nursery. He'd made the sweetest little crib, all fancy, must have taken him ages. I guess it was his way of connecting with the baby. I'm sure every mother in town will be after one once word gets out. It even has little rockers on the bottom. I'm so proud of him. As suspected, the journey to Bethlehem was hard on us both. The 70 miles felt like twice that. Baby was not amused, and neither were my ankles, which by the time we arrived were twice the size. Joe did at one point flag down a couple with a cart, and they kindly let me ride a while, but before long I was getting such contractions from all the jolting about. I felt sure the baby would be born right there on the roadside. I begged Joe to let me get off, and after a good rest we were able to continue our journey on foot. I really could have done with my other bag of provisions, though. Joe was very strict. We had to travel light. I know he was right, but what I wouldn't have done for a change of clothes and an extra blanket. One kind lady took pity on me and gave me a strange thing she called a hoodie. <laughs> it's not my colour, but it's snugly warm and it helped me keep the wind out. It was a real blessing. As you know, we were hoping to stay with Joe's cousins in Bethlehem. Unfortunately, it was not to be. Gossip and slander seemed to follow us everywhere we go. Last year, they were quite happy to have us during Passover, but this year, they wouldn't even open the door. But I can't complain. God, in his mercy, found us a place that was dry. Not a patch on the nursery back home, <clears throat> but a cradle of sorts and the most fantastic view of the stars at night. We did have to share, but to be honest, by that point, I was just so relieved to lay down and rest. Everything ached. Joe was an angel. He managed to get some stew from a vendor in the town. I was so hungry, and as soon as we'd eaten, we both fell asleep, exhausted. It had been such a long week. The next day, we had to go register for the census. I really wasn't sure I'd be able to walk another step. It was such a relief to get back to our lodging place. Although, on our return, someone had left a donkey and a couple of cows in the place. My waters broke that evening as the sun went down and I wondered how we would birth this baby in the dark. I remembered your breathing exercises and as nature took over my body, everything went to plan. If I'd not witnessed your labouring, I feel sure I would have been overcome with fear and panic. Joe, on the other hand, had no idea what to expect and looked terrified. Poor chap. Just as the birth was almost over, the sky took on such a radiance and a beauty. Light shone down upon us and we were able to see our newborn. All of a wriggle and a fuss, he was keen to feed and once cleaned and wrapped up in strips of cloth, we all cuddled up together. With the light all around us, it was almost as if God had sent his angels to welcome him into the world. 
Later on, we placed him in the manger to sleep, away from the trampling of the animal's feet. He looked quite a sight, bundled up at the end of that huge feeding trough. Poor Joe. I know he had hoped to lay him in that beautifully crafted crib at home. Personally, in that moment, I was just relieved that it was over. Or so I thought. The quiet sounds of the night were wrapping us up like a blanket. We were drifting back to sleep, when all of a sudden there were footsteps close by, low voices and deliberations from beyond the walls of our resting place. I feared that we would be turned out in the night. Joe went outside to see what was going on and, to my amazement, returned with a bunch of shepherds. They were all excited about seeing our baby, said that angels had told them to come, told them he was the saviour, the messiah even. They ooed and aahed and cooed and cuddled. If I hadn't witnessed it myself, I wouldn't have believed it. But it was nice to be able to celebrate with people rather than have them look down on us. These strange hillside folk took us into their hearts and we felt in that moment the love of God and the excitement of the heavens over the plan that he was unfolding. The next week went by quickly as we spent time together getting to know this son of God. He looks like any other baby I've seen, and if it weren't for the reminders of the shepherds, I might have begun to think that it was as simple as that. Joe took him to be circumcised as the law required. Many cuddles were needed the days after that. But I loved that time snuggled in close. Those times our troubles seemed to fade, and he is all that matters. As the weeks rolled by, we became quite accustomed to our little home, and no one asked us to move on. We have decided to stay here until we were required to attend the temple at Jerusalem when Jesus will be six weeks old and the offering for my purification is due. I'm beginning to wish the shepherds had brought us a lamb for the sacrifice. Never mind. Two pigeons and the lamb of God will have to do. I'll write again once we're back in Nazareth. All my love, Mary. It was a really different start to family life that Mary and Joseph encountered. It wasn't what they'd planned. It wasn't the way they would have wanted it. And as we prepare for a different Christmas, at the end of a very different year, let's remember... Mary and Joseph. Let's look at their perseverance, their humility, their determination and resilience, their unwavering love for God, both as the child in their arms and as the one who sustained them through their trials. The one who set the world in motion and the one they sought to protect from the world. Much later on, Jesus, as a grown man, talks to people in what we now know as the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you when you mourn, when you're persecuted for doing the right thing, when you're humble and merciful, when you realise your need of God. 
when your heart is pure, when you work for peace, when people mock you and hurl insults upon you. Jesus can say these words as a grown man because he's lived them. He's been in that place. His family have been in that place, despised and rejected. And yet humbly relying on God. I pray as we go into this next week and we spend time celebrating this God-man come to earth, that we will look to him in the midst of all that is uncertain and we will find hope and joy for the future. Amen.